Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome on into the show. It is hump day, midweek, and usually it's kind of the dog days of the week. Not today. I'll tell you what. We have as packed of a show as I have ever had since we've started the last lap, at least here the last, what, two years on WWL? I was just telling Logan this. We got seven guests for you tonight, and they're all great. And we were putting the show together today. We didn't think we'd have seven guests, but we do. We've got Bo Smoka, Josh Alper, Ralph Michaels, John Hendricks, Fred Greetham, Carter Bryant, Ben Mintz, and a little Lance Moore. That's all on the show tonight. So it's going to be kind of wall-to-wall with great football guests for you as we talk Saints, a little LSU, and everything happening around the NFL. I was just talking to Bobby Bear, and I'm going to call an audible here on segment one a little bit. Because Jadevian Clowney is, and this has been everywhere today, reports surfaced, I think yesterday, late last night, and then everybody ran with the story all day today, teams trying to get the defensive end from the Houston Texans as, uh, well, the Texans aren't going to pay him a long-term extension of the money that he wants. So he's squarely on the trade block and available. Now, the question that Bobby Bear and I were going back and forth on is, A, how much are you willing to mortgage if you're the Saints to go ahead and get Jadevian Clowney in? And I'm piggybacking on what they talked about on Sports Talk the second half of last hour. And I will pose this question to you, Saints fans. We've talked a lot about Marcus Davenport here the last couple of days. If I came to you and you had the powers to execute a trade for the Saints, and I said, you got to give up Marcus Davenport and you get Jadevian Clowney. Might be a rental player. You don't know. Might be only one year. But you got probably a better chance to win a Super Bowl this year because he's just more developed, a better all-around player right now than Marcus Davenport. I don't think really anybody's arguing that. He's never had double-digit sacks, Clowney, but he's at least a very solid defensive end. Nine and a half sacks in 2017, nine sacks in 2018. So... With the franchise tag there, are you are you making that swap? If I said Marcus Davenport for Jadevian Clowney, straight up, you get a better defense this season in your Super Bowl window, might be Drew Brees' last year. You making that trade or not? Now, I don't think the Saints would make that trade. I don't think they would make that trade unless they're seeing things with Marcus Davenport they don't really like. And maybe they're altering their projections on him. I don't know. It's very interesting. Now, the Saints have certainly been linked in some stories to Clowney, trying to make a move with him. But so is everybody. I saw the Eagles were the latest to be linked there. The Patriots are linked every time one of these players becomes available. It's not like he's a superstar. It's not like the hype when he came out of South Carolina into the NFL as that top pick. Everybody thought he'd be you know, the next Von Miller, even though Von Miller kind of wasn't Von Miller when Clowney came into the league. You understand what I'm saying, though, that he'd be the preeminent pass-rushing defensive end in the NFL. It just never happened, and I don't think it ever will happen. But 
he can etch out a very long, productive career for himself. Very long, productive career. Kind of like Mario Williams, right? Mario Williams was never, you know, a Hall of Fame type of defensive end. Now, he's accumulated some big numbers because he's been in the league for a while. But I think maybe Jadavion Clowney kind of in that mold, although Edwards certainly had double-digit sacks and Clowney has not. I don't know. It's interesting to think about that right now anyways. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Our text line is 870-870. A text from the 985. Absolutely not, Seth. Davenport will be the truth and much improved this year. Well, he might be. And I think Davenport had a good season last year. I need to wait and see, and I need to see him do something. Need to see him do something. Maybe that something comes in the regular season. We aren't seeing it right now. Here's a text from the 650. Mason and Pensacola, very disappointed by Patrick Robinson's play against the Vikings. I think people forget we gave him pretty good money as as we expected him to be one of the top slot corners in the league. What do you think? Yeah, yeah P. Rob coming off that injury, he's a little longer in the tooth later in his career. i got to be honest with you. Last season when the Saints signed him, and we can pull the tapes on this, I was never on this P. Rob hype train coming back here. I just wasn't. I didn't think he'd fit in this defensive system like he did in Philadelphia. I didn't think that he would continue to be one of the better slot corners in the league. I didn't see it. And, of course, the injury happened. That kind of derailed everything. So it's important that they get production out of that nickel spot. There's no doubt about it. They're a little deeper there maybe, of course, with Eli Apple now roaming the outside, and they were at this point in the season last year. But whether that's uh, Patrick Robinson, I don't think it's going to be Ken Crawley, or whether it's uh, Williams, we'll see. We'll see. Text him the 251, just give up a pick, no players for Clowney. Yeah, do you want to give up another first-round pick? I mean, another one? That means you would have made one first-round pick in the last three years, maybe if you're in the Super Bowl window. I don't have those answers. Mickey Loomis talked about that, and I asked him that question in the precinct. How do you balance the need to win now versus the needs of the future? And he says it's tough, and I believe it's tough. There's no doubt about it. Another story that we saw today that just drove me bonkers and this is a little early to mid-August sports talk discussion, but I'll tell you, it did drive me nuts. ESPN's College Game Day, the the football pregame show, college football pregame show that airs Saturday mornings. They go around campus all the time. Almost every year they make a trip to Baton Rouge, and almost every year they're also at that Alabama-LSU game. I'm sure they will be this year, considering how big that one's going to be. Well, they announced today that apparently they are no longer going to be ESPN's College Game Day. And here's why. They're going to kick off the season doing a show at Disney World? At Disney World. And here's some of the catches about this. No signs. No flags. No fans who are just there to to see the show, see the set. High restrictions. And we all know why this is happening. The mouse owns game day or owns the station that puts game day on. But this is atrocious. I mean, this really is atrocious. And as somebody, Bobby Aber was just talking about this here in studio also, I'm a Washington State Cougar alum. What do you see when you go on that uh, on that program? You see the Washington State flag. What is it, 250 straight games, straight weeks they've been on the program? Uh, that apparently will end because Disney World doesn't allow flags. No fans, no flags, no signs. 
But that'll be, I guess, college game day. They're calling it week zero broadcast. How foolish is this? I heard this waking up this morning. I'm going, oh, this this has got to be an Onion article or something. But, but it's not. Oh, boy. During week zero, ESPN is going to air um, their first game of the season on August 24th, Samford, Youngstown State. A little FCS football there. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. A little fun opinion poll today. Is hosting college game day at Disney World a good idea? Simple yes or no there. I think it's atrocious. I'm a hard no. Sometimes I oscillate back and forth on these opinion polls. Today, I'm a hard no on this one. No. Keep my game day on college campuses. I want to be out tailgating at LSU. I want to be over at Bama. I want to be in Austin. I want to be down in Miami. I want to be in Pullman. Not at Disney World. Give me a break. <laughs> All right, so Clowney. Jadevian Clowney. You trade Marcus Davenport for Jadevian Clowney. Now, I'm just bringing this up. There's been no reports there. But you're going to have to give up something big if you want Clowney here in a Saints uniform this season. But he is available. We'll see who snags him up. Probably will not be a Houston Texans player by the time the season opens. 504-260-1870. That's our phone number. Our uh, text line is 870-870. When we come back, we'll talk about joint practices with the Chargers. The Saints and Chargers getting together starting tomorrow. Also, some roster battles at receiver, running back, offensive line, returner. We'll try to sort those out a little bit, plus your phone calls and texts. I'm Seth Dunlap. Logan's behind the glass tonight, our studio producer. It's the last lap on WWL. Now, maybe I'm a clown for suggesting it. I don't think that I'd make the trade. <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not pull the trigger on this. Well, I'd think about it. I certainly wouldn't pull the trigger on it right away. Talk to Jadevian Clowney. He's available. And I posed the question. Look, I, I, is anybody arguing this season on the field Jadevian Clowney would be a better player than Marcus Davenport? I think everybody would agree with that. I'm talking about this season, not long term maybe, this season. Would you trade Marcus Davenport for Jadevian Clowney? Uh, here's one from the 504, a text at 87870 that says, bleep no. That's it. All caps. Bleep no. <laughs> That's kind of the response that I'm getting on the text line. Here's one from the 225. Clowney is trying to do what Mac did going from the Raiders to the Bears and get $20 million a year type extension. No way would the Saints do that when they get the same type of production from Davenport for pennies on the dollar. Text from the 504, hey, Seth, did I miss something? Are we trying to trade Davenport? No, 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 no. It's just a little sports hockey conversation here. I, I, the Saints aren't going to trade Marcus Davenport. It was more just a question here posed by us. Bobby Aber talked about it last hour. Thoughts on Jadevian Clowney. Maybe the Saints could scoop him up because he is available. Well, let's play a little of Bobby. This is a couple of minutes long, but I think it's worth it. Here's Bobby Aber on Clowney. <laughs> That's Bobby. This is great for Bobby. We'll, we'll cut it there because they talk kind of about the same stuff here. Um, just the, the stats that – and look, I do this live when I'm on the air all the time. I get stacks wrong. Just the stats on Jadevian Clowney, um, in nine sacks last year, nine and a half the previous season. So back-to-back nine-plus sack seasons for Jadevian Clowney in 2017 and 2018. In 2016, six sacks. 2015, four and a half sacks. Interesting topic. First-round pick. Player, what's it going to be? Going to take a lot to get Clowney here from the Houston Texans, especially considering, well, who do the Saints open up with week one? the Houston Texans. Maybe that trade would have to happen after that week if it's the Saints. I don't know. Something to keep an eye on. We'll go to the phone lines now. Bill in Slidell. What's going on tonight, Bill? You're kicking us off. Hey, doing good. Uh, I've got a quick Pelicans question in a second, but just a thought with Clowney. 
Uh, Houston plays a 3-4 defense. We play a 4-3. That'd be interesting if they were to consider it. But my, my question is, I was listening to one of the radio stations yesterday, and I heard somebody talking about that the Pelicans or something about them maybe considering playing some games in the Dome and everything. And, um, you know, I just caught it in listening in passing. I don't know if it's actual fact or just talk. And you know, I'll hang up and listen to you see if you know anything about that. I, I actually have not heard about that. And, look, I don't know everything about the Pelicans. I miss some stuff. It falls to the crack. I have not heard that they would play in the Superdome. That would be interesting, the Superdome. I mean, that's just a cavernous space to play any basketball game. I mean, even when they do the national championship game there, it can get a little bit weird and odd for that. But remember, Clowney in college, he played with his hand on the ground a lot. So the the, the switch from 3-4 to 4-3, I don't think it would be that difficult of a switch. Remember, Cam Jordan in college, he played in a 3-4 system. He comes here, he plays in a 4-3 system. He talked about that actually at camp a couple of days ago, how he had to make that change going a little from the inside, uh, a little further outside. 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870 870- 870 Saints Chargers they're getting together in fact the Saints are in the air right now heading to Los Angeles and they will practice with the Chargers over the week very interesting stuff from Lance Moore on Sports Talk and we're going to play Lance Moore in the 10 o'clock hour tonight that interview in full almost every player and coach that we've talked to unanimously have said what a great thing these joint practices are better than games you can control it better players improve more rapidly during these type of practices and situations than they do in a game. Well, one guy apparently who doesn't like it, Lance Moore, listen to this. Yeah, stupid, silly, Lance Moore not having these joint practices. It's so interesting because I brought this up yesterday. I brought this up in one of, I think it was the 10 o'clock hour of the show. I was having a conversation with some of the callers, and I'm like, I, there's not every player that can think this way. Think the way that, well, this is all just hunky-dory and good. There's bad blood between a lot of players who played against each other in different places in the league. Same thing with coaches who've been on opposite sides of the field a lot of times. Creates very interesting dynamics, to say the least. We've seen fights happen to these training camps and really nasty stuff. The Saints have never really been involved in anything that's gotten out of hand in a bad way, in my mind, in one of these. I think that's because of the relationship Sean Payton has with the coaches across the league, especially the ones that they practiced with the last few years. We'll see what happens with this joint practice with the Chargers. Pay attention to it tomorrow. And tomorrow during the day, WWL.com, radio.com app. We're on Twitter at WWLAMFM. And, of course, our Facebook page. That's because we'll have Steve Geller, Zach Streif, Deuce McAllister, all out there covering this for you tomorrow. Coverage like you won't get anywhere else. I told you yesterday, I cannot wait to get everything I can, intake everything I can on these practices because you can learn more about a team and about players in these situations than you can in game situations. Today's Saints training camp sounds and bites are brought to you by the Sound Banking of First American Bank, a banking tradition since 1910, and our player of the day. Let's go old school. Why not Lance Moore, our player of the day, brought to you by Toyota dealers. Let's go places couple of guests coming up second half of the hour. John Hendricks, managing editor of SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles. And also Josh Alper, NFL writer for NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk. We'll go local with Hendricks, and we'll get an outside look inside the bubble with Josh Alper. Always love to do that. Our Blue Run Gumbo opinion poll again is, look, is hosting college game day at Disney World a good idea? That's what they're going to do. And 
In addition to that, no banners, no flags. Fans can't get in there. Now you got to buy all your tickets to Disneyland. Are we going to have a lot of football fans bringing their kids, I guess, to Disneyland that day to see game day? I don't think so. I don't know if that moves the needle. Vote at www.com, radio.com app. Seth Dunlap, Logan here with you till 11 o'clock. The last lap continues on WWL. Here's a text from the 504. Initially, my thought was, hell yeah, but Davenport is a bleeping gamer. And we got him from Min Price. That's from John on the West Bank. Yeah, the Davenport for Clowney trade, that's not going to happen. That's just sports talky discussion that we like to have here on the radio. Now, Clowney is available. I think there's multiple ways to get him here in New Orleans. But he would be a rental player, just like Bobby Bear said. Let's bring on in John Hendricks to talk about this, talk a lot about Saints camp as they're out in Los Angeles, at least in the air, headed that way right now. He's the managing editor of SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles, and he's on Twitter at John J. Hendricks. John, what's going on, man? Hey, not too much, man. Hope you're having a good night. Look, I'm I'm having a great night. It's it's great when you have crazy wild discussions on radio. I think that's what radio is made for, especially <laughs> especially sports talk radio. So we we heard over the last 24 hours that a Clowney, Jadevian Clowney, defensive end for the Houston Texans, well, outside linebacker, pass rush for the Houston Texans, is available, definitely available on the trade market. Teams are swarming, trying to get offers into the Texans to grab him. Do you think that it's a possibility he winds up here in New Orleans? Uh, you know, look, I guess you could say is never count out Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. If they like somebody enough and they feel they can give up something to get them and improve their team and their roster, then they'd make a move. But, you know, look, he's a interesting talent. Didn't really get off to the to the start he needed in his professional career, but it's come on. So, look, uh, you know, you look at the Saints pass rows with Cam Jordan, who needs no introduction. Walker Stavenport, you're really hoping on a big lean and a big ups from him. And Trey Hendrickson, he's kind of been flashing. So I think they have a good pass for us. But obviously somebody like Clowney is a freakishly good talent. But, you know, I don't know if I see enough in there to, to, to prime away from the Texans. I think other teams are going to have a lot more offers uh, and a lot more artillery in front of them. Yeah, yeah, I would think so too. The Saints have already, you know, given up their last, well, this year's first round pick in exchange for Marcus Davenport this last season. Marcus Davenport, uh, there's so much talk about him this week, not just here, but kind of everywhere. It's, I think fans are kind of saying, well, we like the guy. We think he's going to be good, but when's he actually going to do something? He hasn't shown much, John. I'm just asking everybody I talked to this week. I don't think I'm necessarily that concerned. Are you that, you know, we're not really seeing anything in camp or in that first preseason game? Yeah, look, you got to take the preseason reps with a grain of salt. I mean, you know, it's a very vanilla type of defense. You know, I count on probably one hand how many blitzes they sent. It was mostly linebacker blitzes. And then anytime you don't have Cam Jordan on the field, you're going to have more of a focal point on somebody like Davenport. So, look, I, I don't think you can put too much stock into that. Um, look, I know that everybody's counting on Davenport. They want big things. And everybody's got to realize that, you know, he played through injury last year and Look, he's going to be an integral part of the, the pass rush this year, right? And I think that you look back at some of his plays that he made last year, he is a freakishly good talent, and I think he's got the, the tools to put it together. But then you got to tailor your expectations because, you know, if he's going to say, hey, he's got to have 10 sacks or he's a bust, I don't think that's necessarily accurate. Just kind of like what would happen with Cam Jordan. You know, it's more the details of the, the pressures, the, uh, the hurries, the hits, all those different things and how he grades out against the run. I think that's more of a telltale for us for somebody like Davenport. Sure, yeah, a little more nuanced view of Davenport's play. We've been looking at Drew Brees' play late season last year in kind of a same, you know, nuanced lens, through a nuanced lens. 
decline, but there are reasons for that, we think. Offensive line play, lack of options around Michael Thomas. But we had some, at least guys nationally covering the sport, John, recently the last couple of days. Guys like Bill Barnwell, ESPN, talked about him on the show uh, quite a bit, how much respect I have for how he writes and the work that he does. He talks about, well, maybe we're already seeing the inevitable decline of Drew Brees. Do you think that that decline is here, or does that concern you at all? No, Luke. Again, we we could sit here up and down and and have a Drew Brees appreciation show or segment or anything like that. But, look, I I just see with Brees, you know, I don't think you can take away from somebody who was the most accurate pastor last year and has proven that he's he's done that. you know, look, I think you can attribute some of the things to the offensive line. I think that's a given, and that's one of the reasons why Max Unger stepped away, right? And then sure. late season, wide receivers, uh, Keith Kirkwood, Traquan Smith kind of were there, then disappeared, and Ted Ginn Jr. comes back. It's a little bit better, and, you know, Breeze receivers didn't help him out uh, as much as he could have, but, look, I think Breeze is, is just fine. I think he looks good. He still hits the part, and, look, I, I think, if anything – these first four games out of the gate are, are really tough opponents. They're all playoff teams from last year. This is where Breeze is somebody where he can really just make his mark and just quiet all of his doubters and naysayers. But, look, I don't think he's showing really much of decline. Maybe if you're saying Father Time's starting to catch up, but I'm not thinking it's something that's going to say, well, he's just going to go all Brett Favre in his final season. I was going to say, no, no Favre, no Mannion decline on the horizon here in 2019? No, I, I don't see any of that. And, look, I think Breeze is somebody who can play this year. He can play effectively. I think he can even play into next year. You know, just, again, he takes care of himself so so well, and he's such a competitor that, you know, I don't see him hanging and walking away from football until he's absolutely ready and says, I can't do this anymore. We're talking to John Hendricks, managing editor of SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles, covers the Saints there. He's on Twitter at John J. Hendricks. Saints going to Los Angeles facing these Chargers. Uh, before we get to uh, some of that, the receiver is going to be in focus this week because, John, this this battle for the roster spots, I don't even know how many spots are really available. I mean, who do we think is on this roster? Uh, Traquan Smith, uh, Michael Thomas, and Ginn, right, are all lies. Keith Kirkwood a lock, do you think, right now? Does that leave one, two spots available at wide receiver? Look, I don't know if you can say Kirkwood's a lock just because he's been missing out of action and you got guys like, uh, Surreal Grayson Jr., who stepped up the plate. Uh, L.J. Humphrey had a really nice preseason showing, and that, that kind of puts him on the, the radar. And Look, again, he's an example of why you just can't rely on just practice. I mean, you got to see what these guys do in game situations. And somebody like him, if he keeps putting something together consistently and can make his mark on special teams and other areas. And then, obviously, he hadn't talked too much about Emmanuel Butler. I think there's at least two spots up for grab on the receiver end. And, you know, somebody like Kirkwood, yeah, he's with the team last year. He's still going to have to prove that he's going to be good to go this year. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton always preaches your best availability or best ability is being available. And if he hadn't been and hasn't, it's uh, at a downside for him. Yeah, I guess it's a good problem to have. But if, let's say Kirkwood's not available, what is that, two, three spots? So that means what a guy like Austin Carr, Simi Cobbs, probably not even might, but probably not going to make this roster. I don't even know what they do with a guy like Emmanuel Butler. So talented, but he just can't stay healthy, right? Yeah, and you look at DeAndre Harris is another guy. I mean, he's uh, – or DeAndre Harris, excuse me, you know, making some marks in the, the return game. And so, look, I've liked what I've seen out of Simi Cobbs Jr. In, in practice. And Austin Carr's kind of been a guy that's 
hung around but just hasn't, you know, doesn't get a share of the targets and such. So, look, I think, like you said, it's a good problem to have, but then what comes with that is other teams are going to notice that too, and they're probably swoop up some of this talent, and it's going to be tough. But when you're looking at a similar 53 roster, um, you know, before we thought, hey, <laughs> you're going to have maybe Rashard Matthews on it, and he walks, he chunks a deuce, and Cameron Meredith, he gets released. So very interesting that, you know, just a month ago, everybody was kind of putting these guys on the roster and final roster. And now it's kind of like, well, you just don't know. And that's, that's been Sean Payton's MO since day one. Yes, the early roster projections will always get you when people try to do that after like one or two days of camp. <laughs> two days of camp. Uh, they have these joint practices with the Chargers, two Super Bowl contenders, no doubt about that. Chargers in the AFC, Saints in the NFC. What are you watching for out in Los Angeles? What do you got your eye on? I think the quarterback challenge is probably the most interesting oh, good thing. Point. Third, third year that they're doing that, Chargers took the first one, Saints took the second one. So I think that's always interesting. But, you know, look, I mean, joint practices with the, the Chargers, obviously this is going to be a nationally televised primetime game on Sunday. So that's going to be a lot more interesting. So I, I just really think, you know, we've seen Michael Thomas do well in camp. We've also seen Marshawn Lattimore do extremely well in camp. So I think those are some of the pieces that you pay attention to how uh, Eric McCoy holds up against some of the competition and the offensive line. And, you know, really what Drew Brees does with Jared Cook, I think that's going to kind of steal the show for him. And, you know, defensively, you you know that things are going to have a certain tone, a certain flair to them. And, uh, look, I think these are good practices. And I think a team like the Chargers is a great, great uh, example. And, you know, dare you say, hey, maybe this could be a potential – Super Bowl preview, but you know it's way too early for that. But still, you got to like the competition with Philip Rivers. A lot of respect between those clubs. So, looking forward to some good competition. You and me both. He's John Hendricks again, Canal Street Chronicles, and on Twitter at John J Hendricks. John, appreciate the time again tonight. Thanks as always, Seth. Appreciate right. you. There he goes. Again, on Twitter, at John J. Hendricks. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more NFL talk. We go national. Pro football talks. Josh Alper will join us. We'll talk Drew Brees, Saints, kind of a wider view of this NFC South as we continue on the last lap. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again to John Hendricks for joining us. Now we're going to go to Josh Alper, NFL writer for NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk as we get a view outside of the Saints bubble we're kind of waxed into here during training camp. He's at Josh Alper on Twitter again, profootballtalk.com. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Uh, let's start with the Saints here. They're going out to Los Angeles. I think they're in the air as we speak to practice with the Chargers. Um, didn't see much in that first preseason game. The expectations are all over the place for this team. Josh, what are your expectations here as we kind of wind through camp? Well, I, I mean, I think they're they're high. I, I think this is a team that was obviously very, 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 very close to the Super Bowl last year. And I, I think that there have been some obvious, you know, some losses, some some gains, but the the key guts of the team remain the same. And I think, especially, you know, once you got the Mike Thomas issue out of the way and and got him in, it's it's been quiet. It hasn't been a loud camp for the Saints. There hasn't been a a ton of a, you know drama. And I think that's a good thing for a team in the spot that they're in. I think it's very businesslike and. You know, I, I think my expectations are, are high for them again this year. I, I thought that going into last year, they were a Super Bowl favorite. I haven't quite nailed down my choice yet, but they're one of the three or four teams in the NFC that are that are right there for me. Yeah, we've seen that quiet camp, too. Not much news coming out of this camp. I think maybe that has a lot to do with Drew Brees and the way he leads this team from that quarterback spot 
Is the decline for Breeze here? Did we see that at the end of last season? Was there not much to worry about there from your perspective, Josh? I don't think he's – look, he's not the same quarterback he was 10 years ago. Of course he isn't. But he's a quarterback that he can certainly win. And I think they made – I think the biggest move in that direction was was to bring in Jared Cook and to bring in a tight end who can do the things that Jared Cook can do on the field and and draw the kind of attention he can draw when you have already uh, Thomas on the outside and all these other receivers that Drew Brees knows and likes and trusts and and obviously Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield. I I think you give him so many choices that he's going to be making easy throws. And look, you don't want him putting – trying to put a ball between two defenders. I I wouldn't want that for most quarterbacks in the NFL, but I I think you put him in a position to succeed and and it mitigates any of the decline that's, you know, clearly there in terms of arm strength, stamina, durability, those those things. I I think there's a lot of ways to protect him and, and continue to thrive with him, but you know, you get a quarterback to this age. It's still a very uncharted territory that, that when, when the bell is going to ring for them, you know, I, I think you know it, and I, I haven't seen that for Breeze yet. Uh, certainly not with the level of talent that remains around him on that offense. Yeah, kind of predicting his decline. I don't know. That's the same exercise trying to predict to Tom Brady's uh, demise and the Patriots' demise. We're just continue to wait for it to happen. It's interesting you bring up Jared Cook there. You've watched his entire career like we have, and he's been a guy that's always been really hyped since he came out of college. Last year, age 32, probably his best season. Well, statistically, it was his best season. Yards, catches. Um, touchdowns, all career highs. Is this a guy who's blooming late? Was is he just in a better fit in Oakland and now here in in the Saints? What have you seen with Cook? I, I think it's, it's he's like a lot of players, and it's in terms of how you use him. And there have been other times where his health hasn't been great, and he's been in positions to really succeed. I think some of those early years with Tennessee, he he had a spot to do that. But then you know you, you go to the Rams and. Those Rams teams that he were on, he was on, was were, you know, very offensively challenged. And so, I think when you put him in, you know, that Raider team wasn't great last year, but you know, John Gruden is a good offensive coach, and Derek Carr knew right away that the only guy he could throw to and count on was Jared Cook. Now, you're not going to get that same kind of production from a raw stat standpoint with the Saints because they're not going to need him to do the same kinds of things that the Raiders needed him to do. And that almost, I think, is better because he becomes this weapon, I think, particularly in the red zone, where you're just going to have so, too many options for a defense to, to defend. And, and I think this is a really good spot for him. As he continues to get older, he's not going to be asked to do 100% of the things. You have other guys in who can block. You have other guys who can handle different parts of the portfolio and, and really count on him as a receiver and a, an outlet on a third and five, you're going to be looking Jared Cook's way a lot, I would think. Yes, yeah, so they'll have a better option there across from Mike Thompson they did last year, no doubt about it. Talking to Josh Alper, NFL writer for NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk, joining us here on The Last Lap. He's on Twitter at Josh Alper. NFC South is really an interesting um, bug for me to kind of uh, squash here. I don't really understand. I, I can't really predict, I should say, who's going to be this main challenger to to the Saints in this division. I, I have a feeling it's going to be Atlanta. Other people, matter of fact, almost everybody here has told me, no, it's going to be Carolina, Josh. What do you think? Handicap this for me. Who's the main challenger for the Saints here in the NFC South? Uh, I, I I would tend to tend to, to go with the Falcons as well. I, I think that last year they had so many injuries, and, and they still put up a competitive fight. But defensively, they were so outgunned that it, it, it's almost – 
unbelievable. They they won as many games as they did. Uh, I think you get back to that, and and you get back to Dan Quinn running that defense with a little bit of, you know, a fire of urgency under them that maybe they didn't have last year. I I like that a lot. Um, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, deep on offense. All of that said, if Cam Newton's healthy and Cam Newton's healthy for 16 games, he's a, he, it's going to be a – it has the potential to be a game changer for the entire division because it's it's been a few years since we've seen that. And I think we all remember that 15-1 season, how impossible it was to stop Cam Newton. And so if that Cam Newton should show up, and I think that is very much a question mark, I, I think that swings things very big in the – in the favor of the Panthers in a way that, that could even put them as a favorite. Yeah, that, that Cam Newton is a nightmare uh, for every Saints fan. I heard you say that, by the way. So we'll see, let's see, if, that, let's see if that happens. Uh, this Jadevian Clowney story, it continues to fascinate me. The rumors have really ramped up over the past 24 hours. You have a team that you think's kind of in the lead in these sweepstakes. It sounds like to me, Josh, that he's not going to be playing at Houston um, during this season with, with all the talk of the last day. Yeah, you know, it, it's an odd one to me because I, I think that for for a team to trade anything of of real value for a player that, that you're you can't you can't sign to a contract before the end of the year and, and as much as you say, well, we'd have assurances, you know, what what's what happens if, if Clowney blows out his ACL, God forbid. But what happens if that happens and, and to turn up you know, real draft assets for a player that now you're not even going to resign or that you're going to resign as a flyer. It's all a bit, a bit shaky in my head. Um, now that, that said, if, if a team like the dolphins were to want to get someone here, get him in a way that, that they don't think they'd be able to land him in free agency and spend a year convincing him to buy into the system. Uh, I, I suppose I could see that, but I, I just, I, I can't see a team I really think that there's a lot of smoke here being generated, but I don't at the end of the day really believe that he's going to be on the move. If, I mean, I said Miami Tampa Bay would make sense too, as a, as a replacement for JPP for this year. And, and to say that you're going for it, but I don't know that that makes much sense for a team that I think is, you know, really fringy as a contender at this point. He's Josh Schalper, one of the best NFL writers. He's at ProFootballTalk.com, and he's on Twitter at Josh Schalper. Josh, appreciate the time tonight. Great. Have a good night. All right, you too. We'll take a break. Back with more as the last lap continues on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.